Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this show. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zorel. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV podcast at YouTube ta- channel to go back in time. Since Morgan didn't review Supergirl episodes as a full-time co-host of Supergirl Radio until the episode World's Finest, which aired in March of 2016, now making that, what, almost nine... No, that can't be. No. What is... Wait, it's tw- 20... No, you take that back. <laughs> Oh, no, seven. Seven. Maybe not as bad <laughs> as my bad math. I was like, but- don't say nine. <laughs> seven, seven is still pretty old. Uh, but that aired in March of 2016. Uh, uh, but since then, uh, we're revisiting the first season to get Morgan's thoughts. This week, we will be discussing episode 15 of season one titled Solitude. If you're interested in listening to Supergirl Radio's original discussion from season one and our audio commentary about this episode because we Ooh. did that because we followed uh That's right, Kelly's Kelly. journey yeah so oh, i call i clock kelly in this one <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear those episodes if you haven't listened to those before uh the links are in the video description and will be in the audio podcast show notes uh for you to enjoy and i think it's come up uh, with some of the listeners who did not realize that we go live on youtube and facebook so I uh, just want to invite you, if you've never uh, uh, joined us for a live stream, uh, it, I, I don't know why we haven't mentioned it before, but if you, I mean, we, we say it every week that we're on Facebook and YouTube, but if you need to find us on YouTube, uh, we're uh, live streaming at Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. That's usually our time slot. Uh, that is the one we have carved out for ourselves uh, for uh, quite some time now. Uh, so <laughs> if you want to join us on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, we are live on the DCTV Podcast YouTube channel, which is at youtube.com slash DCTV Podcast and facebook.com slash Supergirl Radio. So if you're not a YouTube person, watch on Facebook. If, if, you're, Facebook. if you don't have a Facebook account, watch on YouTube. We are accessible uh, pretty much anywhere you can consume uh, video media. So just wanted to point that out in case people were not aware and wanted to come join us. That is how you can do it. Uh, well, I guess before we do a little time traveling, we need to get to the news. The Flash podcast uh, recently recorded an interview with The Flash's executive producer, Eric Wallace, and that will premiere on the DCTV podcast YouTube channel on February 8th. So uh, tomorrow, set your watches. And but, we, but, but for future folks. But for future it, folks. That's true. We, we got to think in terms of time travel. <laughs> for people in the future. 
Yeah. This 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 uh, was published and uh, premiered on February eighth, twenty twenty three, to be specific. That's true. <laughs> Whenever you're listening now, maybe it's up. Go check on the 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 YouTube. <laughs> D- Go uh, check YouTube. it. YouTube.com/slash DCTV podcast. If you are existing in twenty fifteen, <laughs> listening to this. Boy, there are some things coming up for you. But this is not going to be available for you quite yet. You're just going to have to hang in there through the global pandemic. Forget I said anything about that. <laughs> yeah, that's too soon. <laughs> um, so, yes. So, it is going to premiere on the DC TV podcast YouTube channel on February 8th. But guess what? Guess what? Because we're all friends here. Because we're all friends. We have an exclusive clip of uh, them talking about Nia Nall's guest appearance and teasing perhaps another Supergirl mention within the episode. You got your, you got your Supergirl character. Nia now is coming. Yes. When can yes. We, again, I know you don't want, I know you're not going to give away the spoiler. Can you tell when we're going to see her? Ooh, I don't even know if I can do that uh, because because of how it has implicate. I, I will give you this because um, I don't think this is a huge spoiler. That's a standalone interlude episode, not a graphic novel one. Mm-hmm. So that that tells you right there, it's more in the middle. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You know what? Yeah. We will take it. We will take it. Uh, we will. We will take it. So, got some information mm-hmm. and kind of not no information. Uh, all of this. <laughs> I feel. I feel wiser, but also like I know no details at all. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should. Uh, I feel like all the showrunners go through like a course where they're like, "Here's how to tell like a little tidbit, but to give actually no information whatsoever, so that you come out of these." I would do it at Comic Con. I come out I'd be like, "Man, I learned so much," and then I'd go back through my tapes and I'd be like. Did I? They actually <laughs> didn't say anything. Did anybody say anything? <laughs> they Kudos. said a lot of words, but it didn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it sounds like maybe Nia Na will be in the middle of the final season of The Flash. That's what it sounded mm. like to me. That's Yeah, that's what I kind of got from that. Yeah. So well, a uh, lot of Flash news coming out, it feels like, recently. Uh, Oh, oh, you mean just the TV show or also movie-wise? Oh, so many things. But uh, just today, on the Legends side, we found out that it's likely that some Legends cast members are going to show up in the last season of The Flash as well. Oh. So, yeah. I was like, twi- twist. Uh, <laughs> which we'll, we're going to be talking about on the uh, the Legends podcast a little bit later this week. We're going to do uh, an emergency get together to talk about, hey, we might see oh. them again. We might see our favorite characters again briefly on The Flash. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like they are. The Flash is trying to to do everybody a solid and just shove in the entire Arrowverse. They're like, yeah, I'm ending the show The Flash, but also we're kind of ending the Arrowverse, let's be honest. So let's wrap it all up. Let's bring everybody in. Your story's done. Your story's done. (laughs) Yeah, so this is in addition to uh, Oliver Queen somehow making an appearance, uh, even though he died to rebuild the universe uh, or the multiverse, really. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that explanation as to how he's he's back in it. He's back in. Oh, the I game. forgot about Oliver. Listen, you can't keep Oliver down. You can kill him however many times you want. He's coming back. He's coming back. There's no stopping him. But they couldn't bring back uh, Laurel Lance. Nope. No, couldn't couldn't do no. that. 
that she would she was dead no cannot return she was she was there to show the finality of death which is only (laughs) only applicable to her in her specific instance not to any of like her clones or like her side (laughs) characters or her in a wig that girl can come back Still better since season four. Um, I have sad news, news though. Uh, Andy no. says in the chat, sadly, that quote about Legends on Flash has been retracted. Single tier. It, it was a misquote, so no Legends will be on the Flash. Oh, well, man. that's disappointing, even for me. I was like, oh, that actually sounds pretty cool. They can just wrap some oh, stuff so, up. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I well, never, never. Easy come, easy go, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry about that Legends news. That's disappointing. Um, Those are roller coaster of emotions, honestly. (laughs) They they put it out there, and then they're not doing it. So that is disappointing. Uh, But we will get Neonal in the final season of The Flash. So if you're interested in that. Uh, I asked about The Flash movie news, because apparently there is a a Supergirl. uh, Supergirl. There's a Super Bowl uh, trailer that's supposed to be coming out uh, during the Super Bowl uh, as a Super Bowl commercial, which I'm sure cost a pretty penny for the Flash movie. Uh, so we'll be <laughs> keeping our eyes open for that to see if uh, Supergirl makes an appearance in uh, the newest trailer for the Flash movie. I guess they've uh, finished their uh, effects. Mm. So I guess it's okay. uh, coming out. It might be coming out sometime this summer. They got they got effects budget, then they got Super Bowl ad budget. This is, uh, I mean, what what more less could you do for? Uh, of course, the greatest movie of all time, the movie <laughs> that nay reinvents cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be uh, looking at the Super Bowl to see if anything uh, comes of. The uh, a possible Supergirl appearance. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, okay. And speaking of a Supergirl in movies, the Legion of Superheroes animated movie has uh, been uh, released. So Ooh. you can now watch it on digital and Blu-ray. So if you are interested in that, you can find it in all the places now. So definitely check it out. I've, I'm sure some pe- uh, uh, some other folks have already watched it today. I have purchased it, but have not gotten a chance to watch it. Uh, but Supergirl is uh, front and center on the uh, the the 4- 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray uh, on the uh, the poster there. So it uh, seems like it heavily features Supergirl. So I'm very excited about that. And we will discuss that on Supergirl Radio. We will be doing a movie review. Uh, so uh, if you have any thoughts about that movie, feel free to bring them and we will talk about it. Is that streaming or is that just something where I'm going to have to like buy physical media for the first time? In I mean, time? I always am a big proponent of buying digital media. Oh, and as you should be, I've I've to- I've told you about my disagreements <laughs> about whether or not we should buy stuff and keep on <laughs> holding on to stuff and whether or not DVD quality is like incredibly inferior. I was like, it's good enough. Anyway, <laughs> the point being, we stream most stuff now. <laughs> it is available uh, for streaming. Uh, you, I, I know you, I, purchase, I purchase most things on YouTube uh, just because it's easier for me to watch through the YouTube easy. app. But uh, I know it's on Amazon. It's probably on all the digital places that you can uh, purchase movies. Uh, not on our beloved HBO Max yet, but I'm sure at some point that it will be. Uh, so there is that. And you can also you can buy the physical media if you would like to do that. Uh, so, uh, you know what they have to do? They have to take it to the max. <laughs> they have to take it to the max. It's got it's got to go up there. 
Uh, but I'm glad that uh, another piece of uh, 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 filmmaking is centering around Supergirl. So that's very exciting that there is Legion stuff and a Supergirl stuff for us to consume. So we'll definitely be talking about that uh, in a little bit. So stay tuned for that. And I guess we need to go uh, to the other side of the, the DC universe in terms of the TV side. Morgan, do you want to give some maybe more sad news, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> Buckle up, people. Uh, <laughs> according to Deadline.com, two of the DC series on our beloved HBO Max, uh, two of them that did not take it to the max, uh, <laughs> Titan and Doom Patrol, will be coming to an end. Both recently wrapped their six-episode season 4A runs on the streamer, and the upcoming second halves of their fourth seasons will be the show's final chapters. Both had been crafted to give the series a proper end, which is very nice and maybe a thing that didn't happen on other shows they uh, should maybe do that on other shows why don't maybe they can finish their stuff out on the flash as well <laughs> <laughs> uh titans and doom patrol uh both from berlanti productions and warner brothers television are the last live action series from the slate of now defunct dc universe oh dc universe they made the transition to hbo max after the first two seasons when the dc universe folded Titans and Doom Patrol then ran for two more seasons with the creatives behind both mapping those seasons to complete their story arcs. So it, it is nice that they got to, you know, go out on their own terms and actually finish their stories versus just kind of end on a cliffhanger where everyone's in jail. No, no. Is that how Legends ended? It, and it, Rebecca, it went out Seinfeld. It was full Seinfeld. We thought I did think it was funny though because uh, for some reason there's a lot of Seinfeld references on all of my podcasts, (laughs) and uh, and and Cat had uh, I guess recently watched Seinfeld like the whole series like did a a binge, and I was like Cat, did this feel familiar? I don't know how I've like blocked that out of my memory. I guess it has been a little while since that show ended. Uh, but yeah, that's an unfortunate end because uh, most Seinfeld fans I know were not real pleased. Not with the biggest fan of that of the, ending. A fantastic show. Final episode? Eh, eh. It was a little bit of a letdown. A little uh, bit of a letdown, yeah. But you know what? If you loved the final episode of Seinfeld, Write us at supergirlradio.gmail.com. I would love to hear your arguments. <laughs> Defend its honor. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear, hear uh, the argument for why that uh, finale is a great finale. I would be interested in it. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm uh, sad for Titans and Doom Patrol. Uh, great uh, shows in the DC universe. Uh, I was uh, partial to Donna Troy on Titans. Also great uh, Barbara Gordon on Titans. Um, Ooh. and uh, a fantastic crypto, the super dog. So lots of good stuff on Titans. Uh, doom patrol was a, a crazy show, uh, but very <laughs> well-written and uh, good characters. So, uh, I think those were two of the, the better shows, uh, in the DC TV world. So I'm, I'm sad to see them go, but it sounds like they'll get a, a proper ending to their stories. That's also nice to know because like, I would be definitely, I think I'd be open to like watching them at some point and knowing that it has an actual ending versus it's just going to peter off a cliff at some point. It's very comforting going into a show going like, I'll I'll binge that later and I'll have like a full experience with it. Yeah, it makes it, uh, you can, it makes it uh, so that you'll commit to it. Yes, exactly. You'll you'll, want to sit down and and do it and you'll feel like you, you've gone on a journey with some characters and the, uh, 
the end was there uh, and you had a proper beginning, middle and end. And that's always, uh, to your point, very comforting because it's uh, frustrating when you start a show and then it just abruptly ends and you're like, well, what am I going to do now? So, (laughs) (laughs) so that is uh, very frustrating, but it sounds like those shows are going to end well. Well, in, uh, I guess, uh, better TV news, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Stars is uh, filling out the cast of its drama series, The Veneri, I hope I pronounced that right, of Samantha Byrne, which includes Brenda Strong, our favorite uh, Lillian Luther, is in a new new, drama. Uh, The Veneri of Samantha Byrne follows the title character, Uh, As she visits family in New England, there she reconnects with her childhood sweetheart and falls headlong into a seemingly perfect storybook, a story, not storybook, storybook (laughs) romance. But underneath their fever dream lurks a more unsettling interpretation of the affair. Stars has given the project an eight episode order. No word on uh, what role uh, Brenda Strong is playing, uh, Hmm. but I hope it's something villainous and juicy. I feel like it's got a, I feel like she's going to be shifty. That's my, <laughs> that's my feeling. That's my vibe. Listen, play to your strengths. She's an amazing villain. If you're getting Brenda Strong in, in a, in a show and she's just going to be there to be like, good job, honey. I'm going to be disappointed. That's not what, that's not what she is for, right? No, she is, for, she is there to like be scheming in the background to hug you and then go dead in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does say uh, storybook, uh, storybook romance. So maybe there's Ooh. like an evil queen in there that uh, she can play. Maybe some sort of evil stepmother or something. I love it. So, uh, yeah. So look out for the Venery of Samantha Bird. Not sure when that's going to be airing, but it will be on Stars. So if you are interested in following Brenda Strong on her next uh, role, that is uh, the one to check out. Well, I think that's it for all of our news. So, uh, Morgan, uh should we should we get oh, into the Legion we, Cruiser? We got to yeah. Gotta should buck, we, bu- we got to buckle up? up. Yeah, <laughs> gotta time traveling check, is check that seatbelt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is a doozy. So let's go back to uh, February 29th, a leap year, I guess. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> twenty twist. <laughs> so we're going back to February 2016 uh, to talk about the season one episode, Solitude. <laughs> Time travel feels uh, stranger uh, after, you know, during a leap year, I guess. It's a, you know, different. If there was a leap year in 2016, and um, this is way too much math, does that mean that next year is a leap year? I would guess so. It's every four years, right? Yeah, right? So So 2016, 2020, 2024, that would be next year. Although, for the people in the future, it's going to be just pretty far away. Just know it's 2024. Uh, it's it's a crazy in the future here. <laughs> Robot butlers everywhere. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about the uh, episode Solitude. And here is the description. Quote, Kara travels to Superman's Fortress of Solitude in hopes of learning how to defeat Indigo, a dangerous being who can transport via the internet and who has a connection to Kara's past unquote uh Mm. so this episode is called solitude so obviously a reference to the fortress of solitude although i guess you could uh maybe make the case that there is a an emotional solitude that Kara is going through because she's shutting everyone else out maybe maybe there's like a a meaning to that uh more metaphorically deeper meaning yes. yes 
Uh, but uh, well, let's talk about the Fortress of Solitude because this is the first time that it's introduced on the show. Uh, so, Morgan, what did you think about going to the Fortress? I don't think I would care for it. Um, <laughs> it's cold. It's really chilly. Uh, there's no comfy place to sit. Like, not even a couch, man. You got to put a couch in there. Like, where does when 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 Clark goes to this thing? Does he ever just kick back and relax in the fortress? It's supposed to be his like, you know, his place where he can kind of brood and and think about and think sad thoughts or whatever. But there's no place for him to like, I don't know, eat a pint of ice cream and cry. What, what's he doing in there? Well, he doesn't really need a couch. He could just hover sideways. Yeah, I guess. Uh, okay. I guess, but, but if he had guests, well, I guess it's solitude. So I guess you're not gonna have <laughs> just see, like the nice, like the nice support of like a of a soft pillow. Why doesn't he get? <laughs> Why doesn't it get Calex working on that? <laughs> it's real. It's real. Sh- everything is sharp. Everything's Everything so is pointy. Sharp. <laughs> you don't want to sit in there. <laughs> don't sit on anything there. <laughs> uh, besides the fact that I personally would not hang out there. Uh, it's not. It's not a. It's not comfy enough for me. I did like the, the look of it. Like it looks very like how we've seen the fortress of solitude portrayed in, in other, you know, other Superman stories. So everything's ice and there's like, you know, these, the, the big, you know, the snow kind of gently falling. That was very cute. Especially when like Kara and James had like a romantic moment and she's got like some of like the snow in her hair. And I was like, Oh, this is cute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did, did that make you uh, maybe pull for them in a relationship? Cause you, I, I don't think you've, no. uh, you've been quite sold <laughs> on, on their relationship. I can't say season. it did, but I was like, Oh, I do love the, uh, like the rom-com vibes that are suddenly like happening here. It's a little, got like a little like, Oh, it's winter time. And, <laughs> and uh and and we like each other uh thing where he like smiles at her and she's got the snow and i was like almost almost show uh, <laughs> it was, it was, they were really trying they were trying they to get were you. really trying um i liked and i liked you know sort of the display cases of like they he, she'd like walk around and they were like oh there's a legion ring oh there's this other thing and then calex obviously shooting out from like behind an ice boulder or something like how may i help you listen any any place that has a calex that is that is uh, appealing because I feel like, you know, you're, you're Clark, you're sad, you want to think about home, you go to your giant, sharp ice palace, and you're like, man, I should have <laughs> decorated this a little different. But then Calex comes out with a hot cocoa, man, you're set. And he knew who Kara was immediately. Uh, I guess all the Kalexes are the same. <laughs> Uh, so that was uh, good to know that they uh, had a history, I guess, uh, from Krypton. He did not know his, I don't know if this is the same Kellex who becomes the garbage monster, but he, uh, <laughs> he has a, 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 a real f- future ahead of him. Um, did you know about the uh, giant uh, key to the fortress? I So I didn't. I didn't know about that um, and or remember, but I do like that it's from the comics. I did think that was funny where she was like, oh, does he just leave it under a pile of snow? And James was like, well, I can't pick it up. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even, even Carr was like, "Ooh, this is hefty when she, <laughs> when she picked up that uh, that key. Yeah, so that's one of my favorite uh, Easter eggs in this episode. You mentioned the Legion ring, and uh, they pass by Cal's pod because you got to have a pod on Supergirl. Uh, but uh, the giant key was a pleasant surprise because that is—it's uh, a wacky thing in the comics, but that is how uh, Superman gets in. He has a giant key that he 
uh, puts into a keyhole to <laughs> open up the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, so that is how they get in. Uh, I think um, Daryl in the chat um, uh, says, I can't believe this episode with James, uh, James's first visit, visit to the Fortress of Solitude. Well, it's uh, Kara's first visit. Uh, yeah. Fort- yeah. So. Although I don't think it's James's first visit because he, he takes her there, right? Sounds like he had been there before. So I think this was Kara's first because she didn't want to be reminded of home of Krypton. So she she never I, I really don't think that was it. I think she was covering up for the fact that Superman probably never asked her because he kind of forgot about her. I like that they kind of like lampshaded that with having James be like, Clark never invited you here. And she it, there was a little bit of like she doth protest too much. She was, no, I just I didn't want to be reminded of home. He's, <laughs> Listen, James, James, please, please. He's invited me dozens of times. <laughs> dozens. And and like it, it, inside, she's like, he's never invited me once. He never asked me to come. He he dropped me off at that farm and he never came to check on me even once. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't invite me to his birthday parties. <laughs> Gets married. Doesn't invite me to that either. I don't know what's going on with him. <laughs> he only contacts me through that, that AOL instant messenger every now and then when he needs something. Why can't he ever just pick up the phone and call me? He's got, he's got a he's got a G chat me all the time. The, his his away messages are so passive aggressive. <laughs> I forgot about away messages. Those Do you awesome. remember the aim away messages? Yes, was, those were awesome. like a song lyric, and you'd be like, "I'm in trouble with this person." Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring back uh, away messages. Uh, I miss those days. Those are good, those are good days, right? What a time. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so they go to the Fortress of Solitude to get some information about, uh, crazy, uh, uh, crazy alien being that they've been introduced to. Uh, so what did you think about, uh, the first appearance of Indigo on the show? Uh, well, as, as my, my little thing says, I can't, I don't know which way to point because it's the opposite. Um, <laughs> uh, as my little subhead here, uh, introducing myself says, I am a big fan of hand acting. That's, <laughs> that's just something someone should know about me. That's kind of my title, Morgan Glennon, big fan of hand acting. Uh, so obviously this episode for me, what a dream. Chef's kiss, chef's kiss. She was doing things with those hands. I was just like, oh my God, that's right. You uh, uh, act with your little talon fingers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, those things looked um, pretty scary when she was when she went full the ring at the end of the episode. And like, oh yeah, arm goes through the uh, the computer monitor to choke win. I was like, I like first off would not enjoy that. Definitely no, no fear of mine for sure. But also like those fingers, that's gonna leave a mark. Those things are like talons. They were like razor sharp, and she was coming after everybody with those things. You give Laura Vanderhoor like a like a talon hand and she's like oh don't worry everyone's gonna see these (laughs) yeah i wasn't quite sure why she needed claws no i don't know uh but i did did (laughs) i did enjoy the hand acting uh great fingernail acting really knew what to do with those those gloves or the the claw however that was uh i i what i do want to ask you though um the wig indigo's Mm. wig Mm. uh working it or wiggy Oh, I hated it. Um, I just didn't understand why, like, one half of it was, like, braids and the other half of it was, like, 
also braids but looser like i don't know like just stick to like one style for your whole head it was just very strange it was a weird look and then like like by her like one side of her face it was kind of pulled back in a weird way yeah i did i i wasn't loving the hair i i think they were going for something like oh she's robotic and she's like kind of you know she's different she's very alien and i was just like i don't love the hair uh the color you know the color's a little intense too but like mm. just the styling i was like i don't know that uh that's a little wiggy i don't think she's quite working it yeah, I would probably say uh, wiggy. It took me out of it in a couple of places. Uh, I, when I noticed the wig, I was like, oh, it's it's wiggy. <laughs> Anytime I notice a wig, I think that's uh, maybe a problem. But I did enjoy seeing uh, Supergirl versus Supergirl. So that was pretty fun because Laura Vandervoort, if people are not aware, played uh, Kara Kent slash a car or I guess Kara Zorel on a small bill. So uh, she she didn't get to be um, properly full blown uh, Supergirl by the end of the show. But uh, she was getting there uh, in season 10. But uh, she was a great uh, Kara and because uh, they call her Kara, not Kara on uh, Smallville. So I try to <laughs> pronounce them as they are. So she was a great Kara on Smallville. Really, in my opinion, saved season seven for me. Like she was kind of the standout in season seven. So it was good to see her back in the DC mythology. Yeah, I'll be honest. She's the only thing I remember from season seven. Like there are, <laughs> there are seasons where I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was the the season where Lex and Lana hooked up. Or, oh, yeah, that was the season where like Chloe found out the secret. And f when it comes to season seven, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know Supergirl was in that. And then and then I was just like stare off into the distance. There's nothing. There's nothing else in there for me. <laughs> I, I have no memories of it. That's all you need to know is that uh, Supergirl is pretty prominent in season seven of Small Just Rose. a saving grace of that yeah. season. Yeah. Uh, not a great season. Yeah. Everything else was pretty forgettable, but she was amazing. So I was glad to see her uh, come up and be a part of this uh, iteration of the DC universe and specifically in regards to Supergirl. So I thought she did re a really good job and I... I thought she uh um she was menacing even without the the wig and the the finger acting even when she was just on the monitor in yeah. uh, Matt Grant's office I thought even there uh just talking to a TV screen I thought she uh, did a a good job her performance really sold her as somebody who is uh, about to uh cause a little chaos in National City yeah, I liked the introduction. I, Indigo feels like a really good villain. And um, I think she does come back a little bit later in the season, but not for like, not substantially, if my yeah. memory serves. Yeah, uh, we only have, I think, 20 episodes of the season. So not a, not a lot of episodes left, but she does see us pretty much see us uh, through the end of the season. She, uh, uh, If I remember correctly, and we'll have to uh, rewind and make sure we remember these things, uh, but she's uh, pretty prominent in the finale episode. Uh, so, uh, so there is that. Yeah, I almost kind of wish they brought her in a little sooner in the season, like maybe right after Astra dies, um, which would make her like weird crush on non even creepier. Where she's, yeah, like, so what do you <laughs> what do you think? I wanted to ask you about that. What do you think is uh, going on between Indigo and Non? I feel like that was like a bad breakup. <laughs> it was like, listen. I just, I can't date uh, you internet lady anymore. And she's like, <laughs> no, how dare you? I, th I think that like they, they like dated for a while and then they broke up. And then he was like, this is my new girlfriend, Astra. And Astra was like, hey, it's nice to meet you, Indigo. And Indigo was like, <laughs> with her hand, 
with her claw hands. I think she went like full like honey badger and just jumped on her. Uh, and like, I, I got the impression from this episode that there was like definitely like a history, like a sexy history between uh, Indi- <laughs> Indigo and Nan. Cause Indigo was like, I never liked Asher and I'm glad she's dead. Also, boy, you looking good. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Indigo, not now. <laughs> Read the room, Indigo. But Indigo was like, no, I cannot. <laughs> yeah, so there is something a-brewing between uh, Nan and Indigo. So there is definitely uh, something there in their past. But uh, it was it's, it's interesting how they pivoted the season because, unfortunately, because of Laura Benanti's, uh, you know, uh, having a, I think she had a new baby at the time. And I think she also wanted to go back to Broadway. So she ended up not seeing the season through until the end. So they actually did a decent job to pivot from Astro being the big bad to finding other uh, big bads to, to fill in that position. So I'm actually kind of impressed looking back at it. Uh, They did a, they did a decent job. Yeah, I agree. I think that they, (laughs) Uh, they pivot it pretty well. I, I again, I always go back to this pun, but like non is still kind of a non presence for me. Uh, <laughs> but I think having him play off of other people. So like in the last episode when he was talking to Car and he was like, "The next grave will be yours." I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> and in this one where she's like, "Hey boy, what's up? How you doing?" <laughs> it's like if you if you put non next to like a more interesting female character, he will seem more threatening for some reason uh versus like if it's just non by himself i'm like sit down non we, we we're busy right now <laughs> so i thought that she worked really well with playing against him he was also like the actor has a very good like straight man kind of vibe to him where somebody can really this Laura Vanderhort can really like put on those hands and, and go to town acting wise and he's just gonna like be the you know the straight man to play off of her and I think that really allows the like the crazier person in the in the scene to like really shine because like he's kind of like like uh, whatever indigo and she's like really whatever with her hands like all in his face <laughs> caressing him with her giant talon nail really does this change things he's like no <laughs> yeah uh, i i don't know if they've ever dressed it uh would end it well i guess supergirl and indigo have a fight but could indigo puncture kryptonians i don't know that's a good question I I don't I don't think they address that in this episode, but they fight. Uh, but I don't I don't think she really like manages to cut her or hit her with the with her crazy nails. She she just kind of wraps her legs around her, like don't move. Um, <laughs> which I mean, I did think that the fight between the two of them was really good. I, I it looked like they were kind of not super like not exactly equally matched, but it was definitely a situation where sometimes with Supergirl, you're like, why can't she just take this villain? Like whatever, she's Supergirl. And in this one, I really, I bought it. I was like, oh, she seems scary. She can go through the internet and she's got like karate moves. Yeah, but she shouldn't have super strength to be able to hold <laughs> Supergirl down. Some, some of that I had trouble buying. Um, uh, CM Gutierrez uh, 74 in the chat says, keep in mind that Nan and Indigo were stuck in the Phantom Zone for 24 years, so maybe there were shenanigans afoot and someone caught some feelings. Ooh. Oh, so that does make a difference. There might have been something brewing in uh, in the Phantom Zone, so... Uh, who knows Uh-oh. what that would have been? I mean, we have seen the Phantom Zone. On we Superman. have. 
So uh, they probably had a lot of time in there uh, to uh, to talk and whatever they were doing. So um, there was <laughs> probably uh, some stuff happening between the two of them in the Phantom Zone. That is I mean, a good. Astra was also in uh, the Phantom Zone, though, wasn't she? She was Astra in Fort Roz. Oh, yeah, but wasn't Fort Roz in the Phantom Zone? Well, technically, yes. But so, how did the, how would that work though? I guess now that I'm thinking about that, could you imagine the, what a nightmare? It's like it's you and your new honey and your ex, and you're all <laughs> stuck in a fan. You're all stuck in a pocket dimension. There's one building. It's just a. It's just a giant, a, like a warehouse covered covered with mirrors. So like all the mirrors are just going to reflect everything that you're dealing with. <laughs> you're just hanging out in the warehouse, the one building around, <laughs> and you're like, man, this isn't great. This is awkward. <laughs> Let's but, go back to the prison. <laughs> but but how would that work though? For real? Because the Phantom Zone is this like barren wasteland, and there were a bunch of islands. So where would Fort Ross? Because it, it was just kind of hanging in space. So was it just up there, what? or was it like know. on the ground? Now I have a lot of questions about was Fort Ross. Fort Ross? Did they manage to avoid the Phantom Zone Dementors? Um, the worst part of prison. Everyone knows <laughs> it's that. The Dementors. It's the Dementors. Uh, did they manage to avoid the like the Phantom Zone Dementors because they were like in their little uh, prison ship, just kind of floating around? Is that like? I think we we I'm now considering too much like the 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 situation with the Phantom Zone, like. I thought of it more as a planet based on what we see in season six, but like in season one, I feel like they talk about it more like a, like a pocket, dimension like a dimension. Yeah. yeah. Where you, where you throw things. You don't want that. Throw it in the phantom zone. No one will see it. But also was Nix. Do you think Nixley was there or was like Nixley, Nixley, a recent prisoner in Fort Roz, uh by the time we saw her in season six, do you think she would have been there? Mm. Well, maybe during all of this. Maybe Nixley was a recent Phantom Zone. Pri- so maybe what it is is that Fort Roz was where Kryptonians sent their Phantom Zone prisoners. So they had like like actual facilities, whereas like maybe Nixley and the um, the imps they sent their prisoners just straight to the planet, like straight to the source. They're like, no, we don't have facilities. Like we don't have the budget for like breakfast lunch and dinner like cupboards and stuff yeah and like and beds and like a library <laughs> they've got like, a really great library in fort ross honestly some really quality books you're not gonna have that though because we just don't have <laughs> listen budget cuts are really tough for all of us and, you're, and she's like dad you're the budget he's like i know <laughs> and then, then sends her directly to the planet source i don't know I, I think we have to do a little bit too much work here on like how any of this works <laughs> Yeah, and I guess uh, with crisis that probably changed some things. So uh, I'm just—it's it, one of those things that we're we're discovering as we go back. Season six is sort of inform, or the end of the show is sort of informing how I rewatch the show a little bit. So I'm I'm now having a lot more questions in the uh, revisiting of it. So um, any other thoughts about Indigo before we we move on? I just love her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love her menacing vibes. I love that, like, she just wants to blow up the world. Why, Indigo? Why not? Don't <laughs> <those> people. <laughs> did, well, did you get the uh, impression that she was doing it to be with Non? Like, she was like, the only people who are going to survive this are me and the Kryptonians. So she she just wanted to <laughs> wake, wake. <laughs> she wanted wake, wake. time with Non. 
<laughs> yeah, kind of. Honestly, I, I think she was just like, you know what? I I've been in the internet. It's time to just it's time to just go down to the studs here on this earth, which <laughs> frankly, honestly, I understand that issue. Uh, <laughs> could you could you imagine you're in like a brand new planet and you're like, what are they about? And then you go into our internet and you're like, <laughs> you're just you're, you're just like, like going to Twitter. <laughs> You go into Twitter, you're just two giant eyes staring <laughs> listlessly, like, oh no. Um, so I mean, I guess, you know, I, I can't say I don't say that I agree with uh with Indigo, but maybe I can see how she got there. So yeah. maybe she was just like, you know what? Let's take let's HGTV this planet. Let's take it down to the studs and let's redo it with Shiplap. Shiplap everywhere, open concept planet. <laughs> Just me and you, Non, me and you, maybe some of your friends. We'll let them st- stick around. <laughs> yeah. So she did uh, release a, a nuclear uh, bomb. Yeah. Uh, and she had stretchy arms. The what, stretchy what, arms. What were your thoughts about the stretchy arms? <laughs> that was my my big laugh of the episode while i was re-watching it i forgot about the stretchy arms gotta be honest and when when he goes like you need two people to turn the key and she's like i know and then she goes <laughs> and the uh, i gotta be honest the the effects in season one so much better than they were like later in the show <laughs> not that one <laughs> that, that one was a little rough uh, it really wasn't for me. It wasn't like the 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 shot where her arms went out. It was it was the 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 next shots, like the close ups where they like slowly move to the yes. Thing. Those, <laughs> those are the ones that got me. Um, but yeah, I guess that's just an extension of her electronics, maybe that she could extend herself. Uh, Brainiac Five has been known, or yeah, it, yeah, Brainiac Five has been known to do that in, oh. in different media that he can. Uh, use mechanical arms and things so i guess that's where that comes from but it did look a little not great uh in some instances yeah i definitely had some questions about her as a like a kaluan and as a brainiac because obviously later on we get brainiac five on the show never got to see him stretch anything also he was more green and she was more blue well uh, he starts off as more blue that's true that's true he he, he does a, a little uh makeover about halfway through his run on the show yeah i think it had something to do with his inhibitors uh ah. so that I, if i remember correctly i know new rachel's in the chat so uh let us know if we got that wrong about why brainy uh goes from blue to uh green because i'm sure new rachel knows yeah i see oh. cm gutierrez asked this question early on in the chat brainiac five is green while brainiac eight is blue if they're both brainiacs shouldn't they be the same color it sounds like a sat question <laughs> <laughs> If one brainiac is coming from this way and the other brainiac. <laughs> and one is going 500 miles an hour. <laughs> when will the brainiacs meet? <laughs> I think it had something to do with the inhibitors. Uh, so uh, I guess Brainy's inhibitors caused him to be blue. And then when he uh, removed them, let them go, he was the green uh, Brainy that we saw later on. Wait. We have a couple good Brainiac questions from CM Gutierrez, so I'm just going to surface them. We'll uh, see if we can figure it out. Maybe we know. Can Brainiac 5 dematerialize and surf the internet like Brainiac 8, or do they each have their individual skill sets? All right, here's here's the answer I'm going to guess, is that yes, they should theoretically be able to do the same things. 
Um, but by the time uh, Brainiac 5 shows up on the series, it is season three, and they don't have as big of a budget as <laughs> this, uh, the show when it was on CBS. So uh, that's my guess as to why they they never really showed Brainy doing like mechanical robotic no. uh, things like that. Uh, and I think it was mainly just because of the budget. I wouldn't be surprised. So last question from Stephen Gutierrez, last Brainiac question. It took Indigo 24 years in the Phantom Zone to zero in on Kara's pod in order to escape the Phantom Zone. Doesn't that seem slow for such a powerful tech being? Well, do we know? I guess I have a lot of questions about the Phantom Zone. So. <laughs> Tying back to all of our questions about the structure of the Phantom so Zone. So would the Phantom Zone have caused a physical constraint? Because uh, I, I think if the Phantom Zone was somehow more... Uh, you know, if the the environment there was uh, difficult to operate in, it could have been a problem. The the Dementors could have <laughs> been a factor. Uh, so I think uh, the environment maybe uh, could have done something uh, to slow Indigo down. So that's that's hmm. my guess. I think that's as good a guess as any we will ever get from the show. <laughs> so that is uh, headcanon accepted. <laughs> Seems fine. I see yeah. Rachel says, uh, I'm thinking that Indigo and any other Kaluans who served on Krypton as supercomputers, as we heard from Kalex, had to wear inhibitors. Mm. Um, which is why Kalex responded when Kara said that Kaluans were an obnoxious blue alien species. Mm. Makes sense. I buy it. Uh, yeah, so they are connected. Uh, Indigo is Brainiac 8, so would have come after Brainiac 5 a little bit, uh, but uh, the, definitely connected to him in some way. Uh, although I don't think he ever references her. No, he doesn't. On. Yeah, it's almost like she didn't exist because she was in season one. She's part <laughs> of the Forgotten of uh, Supergirl. She is part of, oh, and such a shame, because what a great villain. She She's one of the greats. At the I mean, end, when her head is just kind of laying there on the, <laughs> on the thing, and <laughs> Nan's, like, Nan's like, well, what do you think about my plan now? And she's just <laughs> like, I love that her face is just kind of like, Mrr, like yeah. on the, she, she's disconnected from her body, her head's just floating there, and now she's getting negged by Nan. It's it's too much. It's too much for one. This, this relationship is just <laughs> not right. It's it's an unhealthy relationship for both of them, I know. I know. I don't think, I think they it's should time be involved. to cut that cord, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> they are not. They are not uh, a good for each other. I don't think. Um, well, I guess uh, we should talk about some other people. Uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, Indigo and Non uh, revealing some secrets, I guess, about their past history together. And so some of the other characters uh, had some secrets and the, things they they were keeping, uh, lies that they were telling. Uh, so a lot of things, uh, some some secrets were being revealed in this episode. So uh, <laughs> Morgan, I guess we'll uh, we'll talk about the the biggest one, the most important thing that came out of this episode, uh, other than the hand acting from uh, Indigo, is the uh, moment in which uh, Alex fesses up. She murdered oh, yeah. Astra. So what did you think about that? Ah, uh, what a powerful moment, really. I, I, I thought that that scene was so good. I forgot it was in this episode, honestly. And I was like, man, this episode's really firing on all cylinders. We got, <laughs> hand, we got hand acting. We got Calyx. And now we get this scene. Um, I thought it was so good because 
Yeah, I think the solitude could, uh, you know, is obviously about the Fortress of Solitude, but it's also kind of how Kara is working in this episode. She's so mad at John for killing Astra, even though that's not who killed her, um, <laughs> that she doesn't want to work with the DEO. She's trying to work all by herself. And so the DEO is, you know, coming to the same conclusions that they're coming to at CatCo, but they're not working together. So probably they could have gotten there a lot faster, you know, with resources. And uh, I just thought that was so interesting, like an interesting way that they kind of brought in that theme without necessarily hitting you over the head with it. That like Kara is doing this all by herself because she doesn't want to deal with John um, and kind of the challenges of what happens when she pushes her, her support system and her team away. And then at the end, when Alex like can't take it anymore of Kara being mad at John and comes clean about that she was the one who killed Asher and then starts crying. I thought that was such a powerful moment. And especially because they really psych you out because Kara looks mad. And then she starts mm. walking and you think she's going to walk right by her. But no, she doesn't because that's her sister. And she gives her a hug. And then and then John starts walking by and she's like, no, no, I forgive you. And also, sorry, I've been kind of a pill lately. And, <laughs> and it's sort of, you know, it's sort of kind of we've kind of had the super family up until now. But it's I feel like this is kind of the start of them being like one real unit that you, acknowledges how important they all are to each other. Yeah, it's the, the the birth of the space family, I guess. Um, yeah, this was an episode, spe- specifically that scene where uh, I think they really highlighted how good of an actress Kyler Lee is. And I wish the show had leaned into more of that. I was trying to think after I rewatched that scene, what other scenes did I think were so impactful for Alex like that? And it was hard to think of some that were as good as that because she really Kyler Lee sold sold me on what Alex was going on uh, and going through in that moment and I thought that was to me that's probably the the best performance uh, by Kyler in that in in the in the series I think um, just because it's such a good scene and uh, the the way it plays out in which she she finally decides she's going to tell the truth. I mean, there's a couple of moments like in the episode at the beginning when she brings her the the donuts and not the crawlers very specifically, <laughs> uh, you know, she's she has to bury that all inside and has to lie to her sister, lie to Kara and she doesn't want to do it anymore. Um so I I thought that that was a good moment that the character really uh got a chance to shine in terms of uh, the material and the actress got a chance to shine in terms of the acting. And um, I think that actually really, really uh, paid off there at the end. Yeah, I agree. I think it's such a powerful scene. And I think unfortunately with Supergirl, at least in my opinion, as the show went on, it seems like they got worse at, at telling consistent good Alex stories. So like season one, they told like a lot of really, she had like a lot of great scenes. Season two, she had a really good, strong arc. Season three, she had some stuff. And then I think from season four on, the Alex stuff is just very shaky. Like sometimes it's great. Sometimes she's like not around. Sometimes her role that you thought she was going to have gets taken by some random other person. You're like, she, she has a mind wipe. Oh, the mind wipe. a lot of things. She was almost a boss, and then they kind of took that away from her. (laughs) (laughs) Which could, I mean, all these things kind of could have been, 
really powerful stories, but I just think in the execution is kind of where it fell flat. But in like season one, season two, the Alex stories were always so good. And Kyler always like, I, I don't think Kyler ever like phoned anything in, but she was given such good stuff to work with in, this, in the early seasons. And in this scene is such a good example of that. So are you relieved now that Alex has told Cara the truth and, and they don't have that hanging over them anymore? Yeah, honestly, I, I am. I don't, I don't, I like the, this sounds terrible, but I like it when the sisters have conflict, but I don't <laughs> like it to last for very yeah, long. Like, I agree. I, yeah, like a, like a couple episodes is sort of, in my opinion, the sweet spot. And I, I know we kind of complained about it. And again, this is the future, so I shouldn't even know about this, but uh <laughs> But I think the one of my issues with the mind wipe story was that it it just lasted a little too long. Uh, where it was, I was like, "All right, all right, let's let's get back, let's get back." Um, and so in this case, it's like you know two or three episodes, which is enough time to like amp up the drama and the angst, and then we can you know we can kind of resolve that issue and not have that standing between the sisters. Yeah, I would have not enjoyed it if it had uh, continued on for much longer than that. So I think they made a good decision to only have it last for a few episodes and then uh, resolve it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you pulled that uh, comment up from CM yeah. Gutierrez, uh, 74. Yeah, uh, CM Gutierrez, 74, says, For the girl who has everything episode was also a great Kyler scene. I agree. And- and Rachel said Alex's coming out story arc, which happens in season two, also had some really great Kyler scenes, which I 100% agree with. I think season two was a strong Alex season. I think, you know, after season, you know, after season two, season three, that's when things with Alex started to get a little bit like, uh-oh, what's the plan for this character? And I don't know that they knew, honestly. They, I, and I said it at the time <laughs> in the future uh, that they got her to director of the DO too quickly. And then they didn't know what to do with her. Uh, so uh, I think that that was the problem is that that should have been her end point. This is a fun fact from Aaron in the chat. So apparently Jesse Rath said that in the season four finale, when he was being tortured and being all of the brainies, he became an indigo brainy and tried to seduce the guy torturing him, <gasps> but it got cut. Oh my gosh, that would have been amazing. What if that he had done some great. finger acting? What if he was like, hello, <gasps> sir? Oh, <laughs> we, oh. Were, we were robbed. Oh. We were that robbed. Hurts. That, that hurts. That hurts right in the heart. We could have gotten really some hurts. Jesse Rath finger acting. I'm oh hand acting. Gosh. I'm mad. <laughs> that would have been fantastic because uh, he re- he really did a good job in that scene. Uh, and and we don't know yet because it's in the future. But uh, but he did a good job in that scene. Oh, okay. So uh, another instance of some people uh, having some secrets that are hanging over their heads are uh james and lucy so uh mm. lucy's still kind of like why are you hanging out with that Supergirl? uh you know <laughs> what about our relationship so what did you think about james and lucy and uh what james is wanting Kara to do with uh letting him tell lucy uh the Kara Supergirl? Uh, it's such a complicated one for like the james and lucy because at in one aspect it's kind of unreasonable for him to be like hey can i tell your you know huge absolutely massive secret to my girlfriend who you don't even who you kind of know but not that well on the other hand like she is lois lane's sister uh she is lucy lane you know she's got all of this sort of background and knowing about the super people she also has uh ties to the military though i think uh, that would have that would have been maybe a, Hmm. a, a red flag 
Yeah, I I go back and forth on like whether or not it's reasonable for this is a reasonable ask from his part about like whether on the on the flip side, uh, Cara's kind of just wandering around just telling every single person she meets <laughs> that she. Uh, I think it was the last episode of the episode before where there was like a like a professor who used oh to be truth a criminal, justice in the American way <laughs> where she was like by the name by the way my name is Cara Cara Danvers and if you ever need me here's my and my address here's and my, my address and my phone number. number. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also Supergirl. Bye-bye. Uh, Here's so, my business card. I work with Cat Grant. So sometimes because she is so cavalier with the secret, like it's hard for me. Like uh, later in the, in the series with Lena as well, it's like, come on though. Like everybody in the DEO, like people you don't even know, uh, like people in IT and human resources definitely know who you are. Maybe you could tell like a close personal friend uh, that secret. So yeah, I go back and forth about whether or not it's reasonable. I think she made some good points about like her being a really bad time for somebody to learn it right at that moment, Um, which he was like, yeah, but I wanna, uh, <laughs> which is hard to argue with. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was funny, and this is only because it's a, I, I guess, more of a Supergirl radio uh, joke, is that the the biggest bone of contention for Lucy in this episode is that James has told Kara about his dad's camera. <laughs> and she did not know that story. And so oh, I enjoyed that immensely. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh because I was like, oh, the camera comes back into play. We 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 know what's about to happen with that camera. <laughs> <laughs> that camera is so important. And when it is uh, taken away, uh, big changes come for James. Uh, when that camera big gets, changes. <laughs> he's like, it's just like. He's like, oh, my God, it's like I just lost my whole personality (laughs) (laughs) and my whole reason for being. I can't. No, it's not possible to purchase another camera. I must change my life. This was the only one in existence. There are no (laughs) more more cameras. (gasps) What a time for James in like early season two. He's like, car drops me like a hot potato. My camera is broken. Who am I? I think <laughs> I think we watched James through go through like a midlife crisis he did. Like in real time. Yeah, <laughs> quarter uh, life crisis or whatever it was. <laughs> but like, it's like James, it's okay. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't tell Lucy about the camera. He seemed to really want to tell everybody about the camera. So I'm I'm really kind of right? shocked. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's the big secret is about the camera. <laughs> oh, we know about the twist. <laughs> Yeah, it also seemed a little bit like he did tell her that story. Like, I, I like how she tries to play it off. Like, oh, it was just like she tries to play it off in a way that actually makes it worse, where she's like, oh, it, like, it wasn't a big deal that he told me. And she's like, yeah, he hasn't told me anything about this very important thing in his life. And he told you in a way that made it seem like it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> that makes it hurt more hurtful. Uh, I was like, you could see like sometimes when you have a conversation with someone, you realize somebody else, like a third party hasn't told them the thing and you try to backtrack like desperately, but instead all you're doing is digging yourself in making deeper. It worse. I feel like it's a very relatable feeling. I, I felt for car in that moment where you're like, no, it's, I mean, it's, I don't, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm just going to fly off the balcony. Goodbye. <laughs> Lucy does seem uh, intuitive in this episode because she uh, seems to pick up on the fact that James loves Kara and Kara loves James. Uh, so I guess she's, uh she's picking up what they're putting down and uh, she's not real happy about it. So um, that's, I think, kind of how the episode ends, if I'm uh, remembering correctly. 
so so I guess the the secret of the camera really opened up her eyes about what was really going on. Because for a while I was like, why is she so jealous of Supergirl? She never sees Supergirl and James together. She sees Kara and James together all yes. the time. Wouldn't you be more suspicious about Kara? There I mean, is, they're the same person, but she doesn't know. Exactly. Like, there are several scenes where, like, Car and James, like, have their little heads together, like, whispering, giggling to each other. And she comes <laughs> in and she's like, she's like, why are you spending so much time with Supergirl? And James is like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, like, the other day when you spent time with Supergirl. Meanwhile, Car is like, yeah, I love you. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I agree. It's, it seemed really funny in this episode, especially when you see, like, her walk into so many scenes with Car and James, like, together. Like, they're, like trying to figure stuff out and like she's mad about supergirl it's like mm, i don't know there's some other stuff going on you yeah. might want to cue into <laughs> <laughs> uh i also seem gutierrez brought up a good point in the chat she says when Kara told lucy that james chose her i cringed for Kara. basically Kara indirectly told lucy that she was an option not an end goal mm. i that was the line i think i cringed at the hardest in the whole episode when she's like james could have anyone but he chose you i was like really anyone i mean james is great but like let's not get ahead of ourselves <laughs> yeah so there's a lot of uh love triangle stuff happening in that section of catco in another section of catco there's another uh relationship blossoming uh blossoming and new rachel mentions it in the chat asking is this the episode with the win and siobhan thing so uh, they're getting close, uh, Wynn and Siobhan, in this episode. Uh, so what did you think about uh, things with uh, Siobhan, uh, who will maybe turn into another character from DC Comics that we know of? But uh, what did you think about her her love connection with Wynn in this episode? <laughs> I thought it was a little abrupt, honestly. I, I did like the... Um them kind of connecting about their like deadbeat dads essentially uh, and I <laughs> and like learning a little bit more about Siobhan because besides this she's just been like kind of pure villain just like hey I'm gonna get this before Kara and uh Kara jokes about like throwing her into the atmosphere um <laughs> but yeah I I did think it was like a little abrupt the way that they went from talking about their childhood traumas to her being like this is hot actually <laughs> <laughs> what Okay, only on television would that be a thing that happens in that way. Yeah, they. I think they did rush that relationship a little bit, although it was nice to hear them talk about uh, their fathers and their families and have that connection. But I, yeah, I think it was a little rushed compared to some of the other relationship drama on the show, which is actually, you know... It uh, like, for example, the James and Cara stuff sort of ends abruptly at the beginning of season two. But for most of season one, it was it was a nice slow burn that took its time. Uh, so this one was not a slow burn. When and Siobhan uh, happened very quickly because uh, they only had her for three, four episodes, something like that. So they had to kind of get in there and get out. So, uh, so when and Siobhan are now, uh, a couple in the workplace. I don't know if they have to fill up papers with HR, uh, so, so quickly, but they have made uh, some kind of connection. Uh, I did find it interesting though, that Siobhan struggled with Kat in this episode. Um, oh, yeah. the, first, the first time around when we meet, uh, assistant number one, assistant number two was knocking it out of the park. She was going to be the new Kat Grant. And in this one, 
she did not know that she needed to open up the mail and check for anthrax like Kat <laughs> wanted. Uh, so I thought it was interesting that she was dropping the ball a little bit. Uh, so I don't know what that says about her character in this episode, but I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. It felt like she was like she had done so well that she was starting to get like a big head. She was starting to get like ahead of herself and not like listen or pay attention to uh to cat she was already like planning her media empire uh and i think that kind of knocked her down a peg uh when cat you know kind of kind of takes it out on her and goes like that's not you know why would you give me something an op- unopened package why wouldn't you check it <laughs> uh and then and then i think everything with the um with the cheating website kind of bringing back up stuff about her father and and him being in that data leak i think that that kind of made her a little bit more human in this episode, which I think allowed like the, uh, the wind Siobhan thing to happen. Uh, I think I feel she's, she was a little down. She's a little down on herself and when was there. So, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, sure. All right. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how that, uh, progresses as the storyline continues, because uh, that is not the last time I think we will see when and Siobhan together, uh, Morgan, do you have any other thoughts about this before we close up our, our time in uh, the year of our Lord 2016? Uh, did you have any other thoughts? Yeah, I really liked, again, I, I say it every season one episode, I really liked this one. I, I was like remembering uh, as I was going along, like, oh, yeah, this was the episode with Indigo. I remember loving the Indigo episode. And sometimes like you have a more rosy uh, imagination of an episode and then you watch it and you're like, oh, it wasn't as good as I remember. But like, just like the Livewire episode, this one was solid. I don't, I didn't care about and most of that love triangle nonsense, but it also didn't detract in any major way from the episode. Like I didn't feel like put off by it. And I like that even though Lucy got, was unfortunately kind of like the, the, the extra person in the relationship, it turns out. I like that she got to have that moment where she honestly figures out what's going on and kind of saves the day. If like Lucy hadn't been like, oh, they're going for the nukes. Would Kara have known to speed off there? Yeah, I think uh, Lucy did play a part in that. Uh, Although I agree with Lindsay that Lucy uh, really should have been able to figure out uh, Supergirl's uh, secret identity anyway. Uh, So um, uh, Lucy, Lucy, uh, you know, she's, she's smart in some regards and then others she's like, I don't know. You could have you could have tried harder to figure out that secret identity, uh, but she did play a, a pivotal role in this episode, uh, knowing her connections to the government and uh, her past in the military. So I guess that did uh, come into play to uh, know what was going on with those nukes. So, uh, yeah, Lucy for me is a little hit or miss uh, in some of these episodes, but uh, for the most part, I agree with you about the uh, the episode. I mean, uh, I'm I'm kind of with you that I'm not uh, crazy about the the love triangle or some of the relationship drama, but I really liked going to see uh, the Fortress of Solitude. I like getting to uh, hang out with Kellex again. I liked Indigo a lot. I think her relationship, uh, the only really real relationship I'm interested in at this point in the show is the Indigo non stuff because mm-hmm. it is so weird and <laughs> complicated. Uh, so I, I'm interested in that, but, uh, really, I think the standout scene in this episode is that moment where Alex, uh, confesses that she killed Astra and tells Carr the truth. I think that is one of the big uh, monumental scenes in the series, not just of season one. So uh, this is a really strong episode. Um, 
it's a it's a great one to revisit. Uh, I thought the effects of the solid Fortress of Solitude were actually pretty great. We got to see the uh, uh, Jorel and Lara statues inside there as well. So um, that was just a, a big treat for comic book fans, I think, um, to see some of that Fortress of Solitude mythology realized, even though it doesn't have a comfy couch or a comfy pillow inside it. <laughs> That's how I would improve it. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it could maybe go for a redesign, but I think getting to see it as it's, you know, in its full glory, I think is a is a good thing. All right. Well, I guess maybe uh, we should right. uh, uh, you buckle know, back up, drive back in, and then uh, get back into 2023. <laughs> Ooh, back. Great. And now that we are back in the future, I guess we should get to some uh, listener feedback. Yeah, our so our first uh, piece of feedback comes from Daryl, who wrote in with some thoughts about solitude writing. Kara, uh, I don't kill me, not yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we all love the supers, but they have a habit of trying to force their moral code onto others. Remember when Wonder Woman killed Maxwell Lord in the comics? Well, Batman and Superman were pretty upset about that one, not respecting that Diana is a warrior and doesn't have the same no killing rule as them. Uh, Kelly, watch crushed velvet for the <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should I, we should mention uh, the kelly uh, moment here in this episode uh, kelly was uh was on the fashion beat she was mentioning that crushed velvet was having a moment <laughs> i re- i do remember 2016 i can say that unfortunately crushed velvet was having a moment then i remember because i was like why don't i try out this velvet trend <laughs> Can I recommend everyone against trying out a velvet trend? I got a dress. Velvet doesn't really move. It doesn't move with you. Yeah, so I'd be I, like I, sitting I down <laughs> and then I'd get up and I'd be like, oh my God. And then I'd have to like rearrange the dress. It was terrible. Anyway, Kelly it's a good was idea. It's comfy, but it doesn't really have a real practical use. It's it's not a practical fabric. Let's uh, <laughs> maybe they should have let Kelly get through that pitch. Maybe it was like crushed velvet is having a moment. Let's all stop doing that. <laughs> let her finish. Let her finish. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to read that. What was she going to say right? about crushed velvet? Let me know what your opinion take on crushed velvet is. That's what I want to know. <laughs> Wasn't there a guy on uh, Love Is Blind season three who uh, was, was really obsessed into with velvet? velvet. Yeah. Uh, 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 I think it um, was um, SK. It was SK. SK that's was right. really into velvet. No, okay, <laughs> did he have so, like a velvet couch? <laughs> I think he did. Uh, uh, Love is blind. Uh, side moment there. Sorry. Of course. So, you know, it, for some people, crushed velvet is always having a moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daryl goes on to say, Akara has my sympathy in this episode. To be forced by James to admit her secret identity to Lucy when James knows how Lucy feels about the supers. All of this for James to try and save a relationship that is on its way out the door. Trying to save a relationship with a character that in a few short months will be gone and never mentioned again. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, to be fair to James, he didn't know that. He, well, he wasn't aware of that. He didn't know that Lucy Lane was going to fall through the gaps between seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then she would reappear. But on Superman and Lois, which does not acknowledge uh, Supergirl no. in any way. Uh, so they could kind of do whatever they wanted to uh, with Lucy Lane on that show. <laughs> um, uh, Daryl goes on to say, I have a hard time believing this is James' first trip to the Fortress. So why is he being written like he knows nothing about it? Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I think we uh, re- uh, referenced that earlier that uh, we think it was Kara's first trip to the Fortress. He says, who else noticed the Plastino license plate on the truck? Not me. Yeah, 
That is at the very beginning when a Supergirl saves that family in the car after Indigo uh, causes all of the traffic lights to go bazonkers. Ah. Uh, so uh, there's a, I think it's the Plastino license plate on the truck that is almost about to hit them. So if anybody doesn't know, uh, Al Plastino um, was the uh, the co-creator of Supergirl. And I think he also had a hand in the creation of either Brainiac or Brainiac 5 and uh, uh, Elements of the Legion of Superheroes. So it actually is very Ooh. fitting that he would also be referenced in this episode, not just because of his uh, co-creator status with Supergirl, but he also added to... Uh, the Superman mythology in many ways. So uh, I always really like when the uh, the creators are referenced in these episodes. That's a neat little Easter egg. Um, Daryl says, seeing Laura Vanderhoor on TV makes me so happy. Why are they discussing private DEO business in the public hallway of Kara's building instead of just staying in the apartment? It's because Kara really, she wants to share. She's a sharer at heart. <laughs> Can you she imagine being her neighbor? Could you imagine? I can't imagine being her neighbor. They're, they're like, oh my god, could could this girl stop spilling government secrets in the hall? She's so loud. I would be so into it because I I love a conspiracy against theory the, against uh, the door. Yeah, again, most conspiracy theories do turn out to be true. So I would have been into it. Like, what is the government doing? What is that secret government doing? And then I would have also been into because I love soap operas. So when James and uh, Lena break up because I think that happens at Kara's apartment I, it's, as well. I think James and Lena break up in the car, remember? Because she just pushes them oh, out. They had two breakups. One time they had a big fight after Thanksgiving. That's and right. then they finally called it quits when she made him like hop out of that Rolls Royce. <laughs> she didn't even slow down. She just yeah, opened she the just, door like, for him. him out. <laughs> but I think they have a fight in that hallway. I think it's outside of Kara's apartment. So I would have been like uh, other than like the secret government uh, agency uh, drama, I would have been really interested. <gasps> what are James and Lena breaking up? I would have been so oh into my that. God. If I was, if I was the neighbor, I would have been so nosy. I thought they were going to be together forever <laughs> at the door. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> Daryl says, I've said this before, but when Cara, I went, yeah, I've said this before, but when Alex told Cara about the fortress in the pilot, it was like she was giving the information to Cara for the first time. Did all those invitations take place between the pilot and this episode? <laughs> uh, you mean uh, Superman's invitations? For yes. Super uh. I don't know. I, you know what? I, I mean, I, I like guess it could have been once that once they started their uh, I am chat relationship, maybe they reconnected and he was like, Hey, Kari, you need to come to my, my fortress. <laughs> hey, do you guys, do you want to come and watch the Super Bowl at the fortress? She's like, <laughs> I'm just really busy. And, she, and then, and then she like puts the phone down. She whispers to Alex, he doesn't have a couch. <laughs> There's no TV in there. How are we supposed to watch the Super Bowl? He's like, yeah, I, we, I would like totally love you to come and hang out with me. Um, you're gonna have to bring your own pillows. Um, <laughs> do you do you have like a pocket television? She's like, what? That's not a thing that exists. He's like, okay, it's fine, it's fine. We can just project. We'll <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I love the head cannon that she's just like he's invited me dozens of times, and then like James turns around and like a single tear escapes her. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't invited me once. <laughs> She's just trying to keep a brave face on it. 
James did say in this episode, I just want to document it, that he said that uh, Supergirl was faster than Superman. That That is true. I picked up on that. And and uh, more intense cur- turns. <laughs> that is uh, true in the comics. Uh, Jeff Loeb wrote that in uh, when uh, Supergirl returned, I believe, in 2005, 2006 to the comics when Kara Zor-El returned. Uh, he made a point to say that uh, Supergirl was faster than Superman. So that is comic book accurate. Ah. So I want to put that uh, forward there. She's uh, she's pretty fast. Maybe she's faster than other people within the comics. I mean, it 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 leads faster one to believe. Superman, maybe faster than other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Daryl said, why didn't putting the code in work the first time? I was actually unclear about this as well. I thought I had like looked down at my phone and missed something important. Um, but yeah, did, why didn't it work the first did time? Did she uh, input it incorrectly? Did she have a hard time putting it in? I don't. I I got a little bit. Is it one of those things where like you put it in and then you like can't backspace? And so, and <laughs> no. Then, so, so, <laughs> and oh, gotta I do it all clear. Over. I need to clear it out. I messed <laughs> it up. <laughs> It turns out the code that the the code panel is actually just a rotary phone. You're like, oh no, we're <laughs> gonna start all the way over. I now. Start it over. <laughs> Everyone's doomed in that case. <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. I I don't know, but that's my best guess. Uh, and then Daryl also writes in season two, episode ten, titled "We Can Be Heroes." Livewire is kidnapped by an unnamed mad scientist, not Cadmus, because if it had been Cadmus, they would have bothered giving the kidnapper a name. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to revisit "We Can Be Heroes" because that was a, a, a discussion that was happening uh, during our discussion of livewirey things. So definitely gonna have to rewatch that episode, and uh, I don't mind doing it because I actually like the livewire episodes. Those so are I'll, always good. I'll have to definitely check that out. Well, I guess uh, before we uh, wrap up our discussion on solitude all the way, I guess we need to make some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so our first snap judgment is... Better Fortress of Solitude comic book reference, the giant key or the Legion of Superheroes ring. I think it's harder to pull off the giant key. So I think that's that's one I didn't expect. So I'm going to go giant key on this one. I liked the giant key for like the comical nature of it. Just like seeing her like lug this giant key over to the keyhole. <laughs> that was fun. I was just like a little bit of like fun comic lore mixed with physical comedy. I'm always a big fan of. So I thought that was a lot more fun. Um, the Legion Ring's cool, but uh, give me a give me a giant key any day. Yeah. Um, and Rachel actually had a, a question earlier in the chat that I'm going to resurface, which is, did anyone else notice that the Legion ring in this episode looks different from the one we see in season three? I think we covered that on Supergirl Radio. I want to say that there was feedback that came in a long time ago about the Legion rings. Uh, let me see if I can find that. Uh, there is actually, and uh, new Rachel sent it in. So what I will do 
is I will link that uh, new Rachel in the video description uh, below the live stream and the video here on YouTube. And I'll also include it in the audio podcast show notes. So if people want to go check out your, uh, your theory, uh, I have that documented and nicely with pictures and evidence to back up the theory. Uh, So we'll include that in there. So thanks for reminding us about that. We'll make sure to include that. Um, Okay. Next snap judgment. (laughs) And I'm sorry, I read ahead and I know that this is going <laughs> <laughs> to break me. Who is the more villainous threat? Indigo, who is described as the most dangerous prisoner ever sentenced to Fort Roz. Or, or <laughs> Leviathan, which is described as the greatest threat of our time. Just the greatest threat. Of our time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, the more villainous threat. Oh, boy. I actually think that Indigo is scarier. So I'm going to go the most dangerous prisoner ever sentenced to Fort Roz. Because Fort Roz had some pretty pretty nasty folks in there. So if you're the most dangerous prisoner of that place, I think you're you're the most villainous threat. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have to give it to uh to indigo first off hand acting big fan as noted uh (laughs) i think she's a great villain but also leviathan let's be honest was kind of a lame villain uh they were everywhere and every everyone except they were only really just one old lady in ramakan and uh we never knew who the head of it was and pencil Uh, skirt i guess and pencil skirt we never found out who the head of leviathan even was and um and there. And their evil plan was a bad tech rollout. So yeah. I got, a, I got, I got to give it to Indigo. At least she was a real villain. <laughs> well, to be fair to Leviathan, they did brainwash the entire world with the they, help of they did Lena Luther removing everyone's free will. Lena's like, LOL, my bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's pretty villainous, but I still I still just in my heart of hearts want to give it to Indigo. It's villainous, but I think we can agree it lacks pizzazz. <laughs> yes. So actually, I guess we could look at it another way. Who is more villainous based on the description Ooh. of them? I think I mean I feel like you based on the description. And not what we actually see on the show. You'd have to give it to Leviathan, the greatest threat of our time, right? <laughs> <laughs> the description is lying, but I, mean, I think you, you can't. Have to you can't get worse than that, I guess. Ah, <laughs> uh, that Ooh, is amazing. Uh, New Rachel says Leviathan would have been a hundred percent better if it, if the head of it had been Indigo. <gasps> yes, uh, I think Rachel also pitches something incredible, which is. It's indigo, but just as literally a disembodied head, still giving orders to Ramakan <laughs> and pencil skirt. <laughs> they just kind of have the head like propped up on like a little chair or something. But that actually makes sense because it was a she was supposed the head of Leviathan was supposed to be she. Yeah. And and they were a race of alien like technology people. I I love it. I mean, it adds up to me. It it's a hundred percent to me. Also, Lindsay. Making a strong, strong point in the chat. <laughs> Leviathan was a great threat because the writers forgot to have the heroes catch the head of Leviathan. She essentially got away by default. True. That is a strong point because she's still out there somewhere. 
she's out there causing she, is, she, <laughs> she got away that is a good point uh it's a it's indigo's head on some sort of robot body just kind of crawling away it's yeah good for her wow i hope she's i hope she's thriving that that makes season five even worse they like brainwash the entire world remove people's free caught. will and then the head of leviathan just got away scot-free Ah, uh, you know, what are we, what are we going to do? Season for a show five. that was all about justice, there was none. <laughs> there the was no season. justice for Leviathan or for what we had to go through watching that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another great question, another great snap judgment. Which trait of indigos do you wish you had? The stretching ability or the ability to travel through computers and smartphones? Huh. I thought I would have an answer, and I don't. I think I would want to be able to travel through technology, because then you wouldn't have to. I'm trying to think, would you still have to travel by plane? Because planes are technology. So you could still do air travel if you wanted to. You could. In you could. some form or fashion. I don't know why you would ever choose to do air travel though if you well because then you would have to go like you would have to like go to the check-in counter check your bags go to baggage claim you'd have but, to go through okay the whole, you'd have to go through security so but my question is okay so i think traveling by uh what is it traveling by computers and smartphones do you get into like a ship of theseus situation where like if you've been reconstructed on a different <laughs> in a different area are you really you oh right <laughs> well, I did. I did listen to uh, a scientist on like the Science Channel one time talk about uh, like Star Trek and how you like um, what do they call that? You up, yeah, yeah. Right? When, when you when you kind of come back in, like the science yeah. behind that would you would you would end up inevitably like built a different way, like you wouldn't technically be you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I guess you would. You would lose maybe part of your. You would lose would yourself you, in it. Would you lose some some aspect of your of you by like taking a hop into your smartphone and going to Italy for some gelato? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But okay, this a, so this is a bigger, this is a bigger <laughs> question. I think that we're asking ourselves. This is now. this is more of like a, a philosophical question about I, I about the you about the you-ness of you. Mm -hmm. Um. Also, I'm trying to think of the advantages of having a stretchy ability. <laughs> they seem they seem a little bit more limited than being able to travel wherever I want. There is a downside, though, because what if you like uh, stretched your hand out, you know, around the hallway and down the stairs and you know down the street or whatever, and then you got caught? What if like your your stretchy Ooh. arm got caught on something? I think that could have its yeah, you wouldn't want to stretch to too far because if you no. can't see where you're stretching, it could get anywhere. You you have to be able to control that thing. <laughs> um, but you know what? I would like to be able to dunk a basketball. I would like to be able to do something uh, like uh, climb heights and not worry about falling. Maybe I'm on a good stretching ability. I've talked to myself into stretching ability. I, I mean, I do feel like if you've, gone through the internet and you're somewhere else you might be a different person but <laughs> listen but now i'm a different person on like the amalfi coast so i'm gonna 
<laughs> I don't love, uh, I don't love air travel. It's kind of long and boring. I get a little bit of plane sickness. I can avoid all that by just hopping into my cell phone, hopping out of your cell phone. Now I'm in Alabama. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking the hit on my very identity so I can avoid air travel. <laughs> Who cares what I am or who I am as long as I'm where I am. So I'll be fine. Probably. (laughs) I've traveled a couple of times and you're like, Morgan, you're different. I'm like, am I? But I'm coming out of my head now. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, And our last snap judgment is a very important one. Crullers or powdered sugar donuts. And I think this was also that that was what I came up with. But I think uh, Sim Gutierrez maybe had uh, the same snap judgment oh, yeah. in the chat. Uh, so we uh, thought the same uh, snap judgment here. So crawlers or uh, sugar powdered donuts. Mm. Um, I'm going to go donuts. I know crawlers are kind of the same thing, but they're like uh, like uh, twisted. Yeah, I don't, I don't need all that. I just need a donut and some powdered sugar. That's all I need. You're like, I'm a simple folk. Listen. (laughs) I don't need it to be twisty and have presentation or whatever. I just need uh, donuts and sugar. Yeah. I I looked at the pictures of the crawlers because I was like, I I, I don't know. Maybe I should should judge. And then I was like, eh, eh. I agree. I don't really need it. I don't need it. I'd go the, the powdered sugar donuts too. Like those things are good. Yeah, Cara really seemed to be adamant about the crawlers. Yeah, I was like, I was like eh. why? I don't. I mean, I guess donuts, the regular donuts are are pretty good as well. Cara. Yeah, but stop being judgy. I think it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so that one was a really important one. I hope everybody made the decision that they are happy with <laughs> on that one. No judgments on your snap judgments. Right, and now we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music features featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page now see here supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you want to listen to other shows we've got the flash podcast legends of tomorrow podcast the lituation room dc on hbo max podcast star girl podcast superman and lois radio green lantern podcast the sandman podcast dc tv after dark and justice league dark podcast since we talked about solitude this week, we have some Fortress of Solitude and Brainiac designs in the DC TV podcast T Public Store that we would love to suggest. 
Yeah, nothing specifically Brainiac 8, but if you're a big fan of uh, Brainiac and Brainiac 5 and Brainiac 8, also known as Indigo, we've got some Brainiac designs in the store. And we've got a Fortress of Solitude design, which is pretty cool. Looks uh, 80s and fun. Uh, so, <laughs> I do yeah. love that Fortress of Solitude design. I uh, might have to get that for myself. <laughs> so if you're inter- into the Fortress of Solitude, we've got uh, hoodies, T-shirts, mugs, stickers, all kinds of things in the Tee Public store. So if you want to uh, go and check that out, uh, you can definitely uh, hit up the store. Also, we would like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting Supergirl Radio. These people are Michael, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Abby, Miriam, Nicole, Brian, Ethan, Danny, Tara, and Majuba. We have uh, some levels uh, that you can uh, check out on patreon.com slash Radio. although we are going to be changing those soon. Uh, I think we're going to uh, hopefully pull the plug on that sooner rather than later and hopefully offer you more bang to your buck so if you want to uh check those out uh we'll be updating the patreon page here soon uh so thank you to all of our supporters and uh we will update you when those are ready to go and uh i guess you can find me on uh, several places you can go to vero the uh social media platform vero and i'm at derby kid you can find out what i'm watching or Sometimes reading. Uh, I recently <laughs> watched the Enola Holmes movies on uh, Netflix. Really liked them. Uh, so very uh, good movies. And uh, I hope uh, we get to see more of maybe like an Enola Holmes 3. Can we make a trilogy out of that? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so I've been watching that. So I, I uh, talked a little bit about that on Vero. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the, the Derby Kid. I'm doing some experimental uh, <laughs> uh, video shots, trying to figure out how to fake a drone shot with a monopod. So I'm doing a, a little <laughs> bit of experimentation there. So if you want to check that out. And I'm also on YouTube. Uh, I have a personal channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod, where I do a live stream on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully I will be able to do one this week uh, to do another uh, uh, critical uh, uh, film um a uh, an art criticism analysis of the film critic reception of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice from the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so still going through that, still uh, dropping IQ points because of it. Uh, but it's a good experiment in art criticism and how we discuss films. So if you want to hang out with me on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, that's what I will be doing there. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast where we just talked. uh, If you didn't get enough DC talk from Rebecca and I and you're like, I want to hear Morgan's opinions the same but a little different with some other people's opinions. (laughs) Uh, The the legendary ladies and I got together last night to uh, or, you know, in the future, if you're still in 2016 listening to this, and, <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about the, you know, the future state of, uh, of DC Comics, so actually DC Universe, the movies and the TV shows, and kind of went down it, project by project of like what we thought uh, and our, you know, our initial takes on them. And I think we, uh, we might uh, be getting together a little bit later this week to talk about the... Uh, the news that legends might show up on the flash, but I think we're now going to be talking more hypothetically since maybe uh. they're, since maybe they're not uh, and say, you know, if, if they did show up, what would we want to see from the legends? So if you have ideas, if you watched legends of tomorrow, you can always tweet us 
at legends underscore podcast, or you can send us an email, um, the the legends podcast at gmail.com and let us know like what you would like to see if uh if a couple of legends could show up on flash and and close some stuff out would you want them to still be in prison for example <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i guess the last legend that we saw on the flash was ray palmer yeah yeah maybe the didn't, last one didn't, didn't love didn't love what they did with ray on the <laughs> So I was, uh, my initial, my initial reaction to that news about them showing up on the flesh was, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, could be for the, uh, who knows if they will, who knows if they won't, but, uh, apparently it was confirmed to the non-confirmed today. <laughs> it's been I, a real roller coaster for me. <laughs> I think what the legendary ladies should do is write your ideal episode. Just, oh yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, c- come up with a pitch for what you would do if you were writing the episode where would you take it i would be interested in hearing that barry kind of shows up at the beginning he's like oh my god guys what a crazy day and then we flash back and it's just a, a legends of tomorrow episode <laughs> <laughs> and then at, and then at the end barry comes back and he's like what a what a seriously what a day <laughs> end credits <laughs> the best episode of the flash ever <laughs> it's just an episode of legends <laughs> i love it uh yeah so hopefully uh we'll be hearing some legends talk on the legends of tomorrow podcast and hear what y'all have to say about that well in the meantime though i think that's uh gonna do it for this episode of super radio but until next time i'm still rebecca johnson and i'm still morgan glennon and thanks for joining us for supergirl radio rewind McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Cheer up. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah.